0: Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway, recovering from a little laryngitis or whatever this is. And uh, we're going to read the experience of Dr. Lonnie Leary, who uh, has several videos out of her near-death experience. So if you'd like to find videos of some of her interviews and talks and so forth, she does a lot of that. Um, But I'm going to read for you. Um, something that she wrote that she calls The Reunion. She says, In 1982, when I was 29 years old, I had my near-death experience. I was in a dentist's office when I was administered the gas, nitrous oxide, as an anesthetic. I have rarely taken medicine or drugs, and perhaps this lack of use made me sensitive to them. For whatever reason, my allergic reaction caused me to stop breathing. What I remember next is being up in the corner of the dentist's office, looking down at my poor dentist who was quite frantic and at my body, in which the eyes had rolled back in the head. My feelings were more of compassion for him than for my body. I knew as I looked at myself that I was dead, but I felt no fear or panic because I felt great. Then immediately I was moving through a tunnel, being pulled quickly through it head first. The tunnel was very big, round, and had a kind of robin's egg blue color. And then to my left, I saw my mother. My mother had died when I was 13 years old. When she died, she was not whole, not healthy, and not beautiful. But now, as we met in the tunnel, she was whole, she was healthy, she was vibrant and so beautiful. From the time she had died, for every week of my life, I had thought, if my mom were here, I would tell her this, or I would, I could ask her that. I wish she could know about my life. My logical consciousness says to me that I have many hours of things I could say to her. Floating in the tunnel, I felt a sense of timelessness. There was no hurry. I knew we could take all the time we wanted to talk. But in fact, we communicated only three things to each other. This happened telepathically. I said to her, I miss you. She said to me, I know. She said that so profoundly that it said everything. It was in the tone of her voice. Then I said, I love you. Again, she answered with the same profundity, I know the last thing i said was i'm so tired again she answered i know looking back i can see where she uh, i can see where saying i'm so tired was an apt summary of my life what we said was everything we needed to say it was the way she said i know that was the message within the message for me What I knew from the way she had said this was that she had always been with me. That she had known everything. With that, I didn't have to tell her the details of my life. In fact, they weren't important. So I could let go of her, which now surprises me. But I let go of her and went on through this tunnel, which besides the blue was surrounded by other colors I haven't seen since, and miss. I heard music that I have actually found and use in my healing and counseling work all the time. It was angelic sort of music that I couldn't, that you couldn't hum or duplicate. I came into the presence of a light, which was in front of me, but also came around my sides. It was love. I knew that I was forgiven for anything and everything. I was loved. And I knew that would never change, ever change, would never, ever change. Bliss is a word that doesn't even come close to describing that moment. So when I heard a communication to me that said, you have to go back, I screamed, no, right in the center, from the center of my being. Again, the communication came to me saying, you have work to do you must go back. And again I yelled, no! Then I felt myself being whooshed back into my body. There was a kind of churning, whirling sensation. I noticed how heavy my body felt. The dentist was very upset and quickly got me out of his office. I left stunned and overwhelmed with a variety of emotions. I knew that what I had experienced was real, that I wasn't crazy. But I had heard or read nothing about the near-death experience, and I was totally overwhelmed. For the next few years, I lived in confusion, alternating between feelings of sadness about my return to so-called life, and feelings of guilt that I hadn't wanted to return. Return to a wonderful husband and my two-year-old baby. Anyone other than a near-death experiencer might think that by saying No, about returning i was saying no to my child who was the love of my life but i couldn't and still can't imagine leaving the presence of that love and light i have a lot of moments of wanting to go home and of feeling very very lonely but i continue on with whatever work it is i'm supposed to be doing when i came back there was no one to talk to about my experience my husband knew that i was different however because Basically, my life took a right angle after that. Light, the light is there for all. Love is there for all who wish it. I had been involved in a woman's league. I tried to, I tried reattending one of their meetings. What I encountered was chatter and gossip, which almost hurt. It seemed so irrelevant. I found myself staring. They, of course, noticed me and stared back. I need to be clear, though, that I am that I truly take nothing away from those people. That way of life for them was, at that time, important for them. And since it provided them with meaning, I do respect it. It was I that didn't belong there anymore. Another thing I experienced was that for a short time after my near-death experience, I was able to walk down the street, look at someone, and know things about them. It was as though I could look inside them, feel their feelings, and know what was wrong with them. But this was too painful for me, and I discontinued doing that. I began volunteering my time at hospices, working with dying patients. They seemed to be the only people who understood me, who saw and knew some of the things I'd seen. I was comfortable around them, and they knew it. But I wouldn't talk about that. I would just be there. Time after time, however what happened was that close to the moment of death, they would look at me and say, You know, don't you? At that point, once they had started asking me questions, I would start talking about it. They would say things like, My father came and visited me, but he's been dead for 20 years. And I would say, Yes. What did he say to you? And they would tell me, They were surprised at my response because the doctors, when they tried to share this with them, would say, it's just the medication, you're hallucinating. I knew that wasn't true. Living in this dense world can be very painful and hard, but I believe now because of my near-death experience that all things are and can be forgiven. If we can bring forgiveness towards others and ourselves into our lives, I think much of that pain can be released. If we can love ourselves, think we can, I think we can bring some of the same light into our lives. Despite the difficulty of living, I also believe that it is impossible to find purpose and meaning in anything that, holds every, that everything holds opportunity and calls for our awareness. That heightened awareness ultimately will lead us to learning and love in all things. And that's the end of her account. Well, there's some beautiful stuff in there. I really like what she says about the communication that took place between her and her mother. She had, over the years, thought about, you know, if I ever see, could see my mom again, I would tell her X or I would tell her Y or I would tell her about this or that. And when she finally got the opportunity, all she had to say was, I miss you, I love you, and I'm t- so tired. And it communicated everything, not only because her mother did know of the things going on in her life, that that was clear to her, but also because in the words that she would say or think would come the whole package of the implications and context of what she was trying to say. That's just how spirits seem to communicate according to near-death experience research, when a thought is conveyed, everything goes with it, everything. Lonnie is also a great example of the after effects of near-death experiences. After her experiences, she could, after her experience, she just kind of knew what was on people's minds, what they were concerned about or feeling, and, and, uh, you know, for a while that just, it sounds like it just became overwhelming to her. And it's interesting how she says that some of the uh, community events that she would do, that she would try going to, she found that they were full of gossip and, you know, and I think she was able to discern their reason for the gossip. that, uh, That there's some kind of social connection that they need and this is providing it, albeit in a not very healthy way but it was, it was doing something for these people. And uh, she recognized that, but she just didn't feel a part of it anymore. And uh, her, her whole outlook had changed and she found herself wanting to dwell among the dying because they seemed to be the only people who understood her that, uh, and, and who saw some of the things that she'd seen. She was more comfortable around them and they seemed to know it. And I love how she says that they would sometimes look at her and say, you know, don't you? Which makes me wonder one of two things. Either the people had near-death experiences and some of the after effects and were therefore able to discern a little bit of her feelings and thoughts, or that they just found her openness toward them, towards them as being so inviting as to make them wonder you've been through what I've been through haven't you so I think that's really cool so anyway this is gonna this is a short episode my voice needs a little rest so I'm gonna give it some rest but I will say if you'd like to contact the, con- the podcast you can call 970 NDE cast leave a three-minute message and then continue in as many three-minute messages as it takes to get your message or experience across you can also email near-death experience podcast at gmail.com and if you want to share your experience by doing that go ahead and write it and I would be glad to read it on the website another thing you can do is record your voice with your phone or whatever telling your experience and then message that to me you can either you know send it in a youtube video even a private youtube video or you know through uh, a simple app like uh Easy voice recorder which as far as I know is available on all uh, different kinds of tablets and phones and iPhones and all that. Um, whatever you can do and then send that to me. You can also uh, comment on the website itself near-death experience podcast.org. Please let me know if you're having trouble commenting because some people have and I'm trying to kind of get the gist if you give me any of the wording for it, such as it's saying, you know, um, not allowed, you know, syntax error or whatever, you know, um, give me the details about what it's doing. Maybe it'll help me pin, that, pin down exactly what's going wrong. So with that, thank you all of you so much again for listening.